0: There is a part of the ministry God gives to you that you must receive. He allows it to you. You better take it. Availability is key to ministry. The less available you are, the less useful you can be to God. God uses available people. So one of the things you want to contend for as a believer is your availability. When you're receiving training, you are receiving ministry or not to receive training is to reject and forfeit ministry. The moment you receive Christ, that great commission comes upon you immediately to preach Christ to others. And when you obey the great commission, which is to preach the gospel, you are actually receiving ministry. The word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Be blessed today as God's seventh, Reverend Peter Ayo Alabi, brings you God's word. bibles to second timothy chapter 2 and verse twenty. 2 timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor can you see and uh, this morning i want to show you how to receive ministry we've talked about the fact that all saints are called to the ministry of the lord jesus christ at that and you understand in second corinthians 5 verse from verse 17 18 and 19 the word of god tells us that therefore if any man being christ is a new creature he said all things are passed away behold all things have become new and then he tells us in 18 all these new things are of god who has reconciled us to himself through jesus christ and at committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that god was in christ verse 19 reconciling the world unto himself and not imputing their sins unto them and has committed to us the message of the word of reconciliation in verse 20 he says now we are ambassadors for christ as though god did beseech you by us he said we pray you in god's stead be ye reconciled unto god now that is that is a word of the lord to all saints in other words it is the word An instruction to everyone who is in christ who is a new creature so if you're a new creature you have been committed or the new the the ministry of the lord jesus has been committed to you so if you're a new creation you cannot possibly not be in the ministry you see what i'm saying now it is not possible to be a new creation and not be in the ministry of the lord jesus christ all saints are called to the ministry and we know what that ministry is that ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. He has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. What is reconciliation? It is basically bringing men in alignment with that which God has done for them. You know, it's, the, it's an accounting term. You know, in accounting, they say you reconcile accounts. So you've got to balance the account. When a man receives Christ, he's balancing the account of God in the sense that what went out from God has now been received by the person God targeted it at. Come on now. Is somebody hearing what I am saying? So reconciliation in 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 uh, redemptive work of Christ is not about two warring parties that you know you are trying to say God is no longer angry so we want to bring you back into sweet fellowship with God. No, you were dead. Do you see? You were dead. Ephesians two one. He said, "You are the quickening who were dead in trespasses and sins." And so you understand we were dead. So it wasn't like God is at war against us. No. Notice he had said to us that God was in Christ, verse 19, 2 Corinthians 5, reconciling the world to himself. So if there is anybody who was trying to make peace, it was God. Man was never trying to make peace with God. God is the one that went after man to make make peace with man. Salvation is not an answer to prayer or intercession. It wasn't as though the world prayed and cried for God to bring salvation, and then God heeded the prayer, and then sent Jesus and said, No. Of his own will, begat he us by the word of truth. James 1 and verse 18. Of his own will, begat he us by the word of truth. In other words, you see, the salvation plan of God is sovereign. It's independent of man's influence, man's request, man's desire. Did you see that? That's why in Romans 5, it says, while we were yet sinners, as Christ died for us. So not that we 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 decided on our own to stop sinning or we decided on our own to stop being sinners and then cry to god and say god you know what we're not going to be sinners anymore so come save us no 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 he wasn't in response salvation was not a response from god to man salvation was god's sovereign act it is god's initiative are you seeing this now so the ministry of reconciliation is to bring man to a point where he receives that which god offered because if you're you know, you putting your books, your accounting books together, your records together, if money went out from your account and you, you describe that that money was supposed to be meant for so and so, you see, to balance the account, the receiving end must also record that they received it. So the ministry of reconciliation that we have been given is to make sure that men receive what God gave. Do you get that now? And how do men receive what God gave? Romans 10 tells us that. Did you see verse 8? What said he, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth, verse 9, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, he said thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for it is with the heart that man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. When you skip over to verse 13, it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then he goes on and says, but how shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? And glory to God, we have been sent. Do you see that? He said, as it is reading, he said, how beautiful at the feet of those who bring glad tidings. Did you see? And the glad tidings, there is the word of God, the gospel of our salvation. And when it is preached and men hear it, then they can receive it. So being a caruso, and you know, we did a series on that. Being a preacher of the gospel is simply being in the ministry of reconciliation. That is, as you preach the gospel, you make it possible for men to receive the offer of salvation from the Lord. So that is what the ministry of reconciliation is about. Somebody say, I hear. And so that ministry, Paul goes on in verse 19 to tell us it is the word. So he says, to so we that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or recording their sins, did you see unto them, and as committed to us, the word of reconciliation. And that word there is the message of the gospel that must be preached. Did you see that? And it has to be preached. The message of the gospel on the pages of the Bible doesn't save no man. It has to be eroded. Did you see it has to be announced like a town crier, Caruso. You've got to preach it so that men will hear it because you the, the way salvation comes to a man is by the hearing of faith galatians 3 5 ye therefore that to you the spirit and what miracles amongst you do it you by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith so the hearing of faith comes when somebody preaches the gospel and that's why you see uh going back to romans 10 to finish up with what we we're reading earlier on in verse 17 he concludes and said so then faith cometh by hearing and he hearing by the word of God. Now, that word of God is the word of reconciliation. Did you see? And that's why he, he chronicles and tells us all the stages systematically how salvation happens. That a man cannot call on the Lord to be saved except that he has believed on the Lord. He cannot believe on the Lord except that he has heard the word of reconciliation. Did you see that? And so when he hears, he says that hearing is a hearing of faith. And so that man now, when he calls on God to be saved, did you see that? He is acting on the message he heard. Because faith is always going to be about acting on the word of God. Faith is not just that I believe. Faith is that I acted on what I believe. That's the difference between belief and faith. Some people only have belief, they don't have faith. Until you act on what you believe, it is not yet faith. You've got to act on it. Action is what validates faith. Do you know the way you want to place an order online and they tell you that uh uh payment validates order <laughs> do you see in the same way action validates faith you can even talk faith do you see what i'm saying until you act correspondingly to what you're saying it's not yet faith action validates faith Say it again say action validates faith some of you didn't talk say it louder this time say action, action. validates faith validates- I'll give you one more chance. Say, action, action. Validates, faith. validates faith. Now, I'll say this. way: say, my action, my action. Validates, my validates my faith. Say it again. Say, my action, my action. Validates, my validates my faith. Yeah, always remember that. If you are going to be in faith over anything, you are not yet in faith about that thing until you act on what you believe. And make sure what you believe is what the word says. Because there are many things you can believe. You can believe a lie. You can believe your mind. You can believe the flesh. But glory to God, it pays to believe God. And the only thing that profits you is when you believe in God. Because that will never fail. God never fails. All right. So, but it is not enough to believe God. You must act on that belief. Can you see that now? And so that is how come people get saved. And that's the ministry we've been given. To go preach the gospel. It's for all saints. It's not the assignment of the fivefold ministry only. And the fivefold ministry is the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You see, the preaching of the gospel is not just for the fivefold ministry. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. He said he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some uh uh pastors and teachers. And verse twelve tells us for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry. So it's the saints that will do the work of ministry. Now, the perfection of the saints there means to, like an engine, being put together so it can function. So the fivefold ministry have an assignment primarily to put the saints together so that the saints can function in the work of the ministry. And that work of a ministry is the same thing as the ministry of reconciliation, which is to preach the gospel. No matter what you do as a believer, the most important skill and training you must learn as a believer and keep getting better at is the preaching of the gospel of Christ to the end that men are saved, all right? The most important skill a believer must learn, acquire, and keep getting better at is the preaching of the gospel of Christ for the sake of saving men and bringing men to the knowledge of Christ. First Timothy 2.4, you see how Paul said to Timothy, he said, you know, that who will have, talking about God, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's will. God wants men, saved. And the way God saves men, according to 1 Corinthians 1, is by the foolishness of preaching. Did you see that? Now, the word foolishness, that doesn't mean preaching is foolish or stupid. It simply means the simplicity of preaching. It is foolishness to the perishing, but to those who believe it is Christ, the power of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? And so you've got to understand this, that that is our assignment. And when you come to the local church, you must receive that calling that is already upon your life. So you were not just saved. You were saved in order to do ministry. Second Timothy one nine, who had saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and his grace, which was ordained in Christ before the world began. So you understand that we were saved and called with an holy calling. So there is a calling upon everyone who is saved. So no matter how you feel about ministry, ministry is already on you. Salvation puts ministry on you. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Someone say after me, say, I am called. Come on, talk like your voice is yours. Say, I am called into the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm called to preach. I wish you would really talk. Some of you are talking like your voice was borrowed, you know you remember that story you say alas it was borrowed ask your neighbor say was this your voice borrowed this morning if it's your voice then use it so say it out loud say I am called, I am called into, the into the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ say it again say I am called, I am called into, the into the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and I accept this call I embrace this call I love this calling hallelujah Sometimes I just say it to myself, This calling is valuable to me. This calling is precious to me. Oh, glory to God. Say it again. Say, This calling is valuable to me. Say, This calling is precious to me. And sometimes I just try to remind, What else would we do with our lives if not to serve Jesus? <laughs> what else? My lifetime. I will give God my lifetime. Do you know that song? My lifetime, I will give God my lifetime. If I give God my lifetime, he will take care of me. Oh,
1: yes. He will never, never let me down.
0: I will give God my lifetime. Believe that God will never let you down. It pays to serve Jesus. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. It, it is, is a great, great. What's happening to the keyboard? To serve the Lord. It is a great
1: thing to serve the Lord. I am walking
0: in the light of God. It is a great. It is a great. To serve the Lord, it is
1: a great thing. To serve the Lord, it is a great thing. To serve the Lord, I am walking in the light of God I am walking in the light. I am in the
0: light It's a credit to serve Jesus. No agreement. There's one universal lori mo ori that part
1: now yeah you know
0: you sing, I don't imagine, yeah, I'm on maria though. Ori right, 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 right. You know because sometimes you need you need to put in your mouth songs and words that reminds you of how precious the call of God is. There is no greater honor than to be called of God, and we are called already. Somebody say, "I'm called." I'm called. Say there is a call of God upon my life, and I will fulfill that call. Yeah, you know, you got to keep saying that to yourself. I will fulfill that call. If I miss it, God will correct me. You got to say it after me. Say, "If I ever miss it." God will correct me. If I ever fall, he will pick me up again. If he gives me a warning and I'm not getting it, he will turn up the volume. He will use everyone he can to get my attention and I will get what he's saying. One thing is certain: I will run my race. I will finish my course and I will fulfill my calling. Shout amen, somebody. <laughs> glory to God. Do you believe what he just said? Let it settle in your heart. Because that's going to be your reality. We'll fulfill this calling. I'll run my race. I'll run my race with joy. I'll finish my course. With great joy, I will fulfill my calling. I will please God with my whole life. Glory to God. (laughs) Always remember that. If you miss it, God will correct you. If he's trying to warn you and you're not getting it the first time, he will warn you again didn't get it the second time i warn you again if you're not getting it god will turn up the volume he will use everyone he can and eventually will get your attention and you will get it right and you'll keep getting better at it hallelujah glory to god so we, we have a ministry in the lord jesus christ and so you notice the first thing in being able to receive ministry is number one to be available. In 2 Timothy 2.20 it says in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. And you notice therefore it tells you the vessels are in the great house. So the vessels are available. Availability is key to ministry. The less available you are the less useful you can be to God. God uses available people. So one of the things you want to contend for as a believer is your availability. In other words, trust God, you know, that you will be more available to God with the years passing. Do you see that? That you are not supposed to be getting less available. You should get more available. There's a reason why, uh, you know, sometimes you will find a person comes to the church. It's just a first-timer. You see what I'm saying? And as he progresses, he gets more involved. That involvement is as a result of availability. Now, if the devil wants to steal ministry from you, one of the first things he's going to attack is your availability. You see, if the devil wants to steal ministry from you, the first thing the devil is going to attack is your availability. Because you cannot be useful to God if you are unavailable to God. You cannot be useful to God if you are not available to God. So you've got to make yourself available. you got to make yourself a vessel in the house. Make yourself a vessel in the house. Can you see? You know, and, and primarily the way God uses people is the local church, you need to understand, is the government of God on the earth. The local church. Every government has their base. They have their base. Did you see that? And you'll notice that if you wanted to, you know, relate with the American government in Nigeria, you would have to go to the American embassy. That's their physical representation in Nigeria. And that's the way they have it all over the world. If you were even in America and you wanted to relate to the government, you don't relate to the government in space. You go to the government houses, buildings, you know, uh, organizations. Of course, you want to go to the seat of power. In Nigeria, you go to the has- Asso Rock in Lagos. You go to Alausa just by us here. This is what I'm saying. Because every government has its physical representation. The local church is the physical government of God on the earth. And mind you, it is also the spiritual government of God upon the earth. So you want to see God's government in the earth? That's the local church. That's the local church. And that is the reason why the local church is that house where you must be available to receive ministry. In Acts 13, the Bible says there were certain prophets and teachers in the church at Antioch, verse 1. And he listed their names and listed Saul of Tassos, which is Apostle Paul, and Barnabas as, you know, uh, amongst those prophets and teachers. In verse 2, he says, as these men ministered to the Lord and fasted, but notice where they were ministering to the Lord in the church at Antioch. The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, to the work of ministry, wherein I have called them did you see so notice now that they were in the church they were in the church In other words, they were available you can trace paul's conversion from acts 9 did you see and you notice that he was situated in the church at antioch eventually and that was his base did you see that started out with the church at damascus and then moved on because his life was threatened and then moved to the church at antioch and stayed there as his home church and from there it grew did you see, to become one of the prophets and teachers. You don't start as a prophet or teacher at the point of salvation. You grow into your calling. Did you see that? You grow into your calling. Your growth in the calling is as a result of faithfulness to the Lord. Your growth in, your, in the calling is as a result of faithfulness to the Lord. And that's why we always hammer on it, that when you come into the local church, you must be conscious of the journey of becoming something under God. You must be conscious of the journey because the moment you get saved, that journey is supposed to start. Many people don't ever start that journey. The way that journey starts is that you are planted in a local church. So once you are planted in a local church as a believer, a journey of becoming God's intended end for you begins. And it's a progression. So you see, Apostle Paul, God said then was numbered amongst the prophets and teachers. And then from being a prophet and teacher, he's now being separated onto apostolic ministry. So it's a progression like that. It's a progression. You know, all the visions uh, that Agin had, he spoke of how that the Lord Jesus told him, and said, many people live and die and he never even scratched the surface of the first phase of their calling. Don't let that be you. And notice he didn't say a few. He said many many unfortunately still the same today many have lived and died and never entered the first phase of their calling on the god you see because god is trying to make you become something you see god doesn't just want to give you things in fact the agenda of god is not so much about giving as it is about making when you are made you will have all right when you are made into what god wants you will have what god wants you to have so god is working more on making you who he wants you to be and you've got to cooperate with god and one of the ways to do that is to be available is to be available so in a great house there are not only vessels of of gold and of silver but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor and you notice there that it is not god who determines what kind of vessel you become so he tells us there are vessels unto honor and there are vessels unto dishonor. And then he goes on to say there are vessels of earth. And did you notice there are vessels of wood and some to honor and dishonor, as you've seen, gold and silver. But notice what determines and who determines what kind of vessel each of us becomes. Did you see that? And we're going to look at that now. Let's look at the next verse, 21. If a man therefore purge himself, if a man purge himself, not if God. Did you see that? from these he says he shall be a vessel notice unto honor so if you're going to be a vessel unto honor you determine that god doesn't choose who's going to be a vessel unto honor god only makes you a vessel do you see that you determine what kind of vessel you will become are you seeing this and so you notice there that the first thing and first requirement is make yourself available be in the house be in the house if you are not in the house then god cannot make you into what he wants so you first of all god will be available in act 16 you'll notice how timothy was a vessel in the house from verse 1 to 2 then came he to debbie and lystra behold and behold a certain disciple was there named timotheus the son of a certain woman the bible says which was a jewess and believed but his father was a greek which was well reported of by the brethren that were at lystra and iconium did you see that so notice he was available so much that people knew him and they could attest to his character they knew him so well in the church you could attest to his character. I'll say this to you. If you are not available, we can't even know you, not to talk of attesting to your character. And there's something in ministry you need understand. Ministry leans a lot on recommendation. Ministry leans so much upon recommendation. There has to be people recommending you. The Lord Jesus was recommended by John the Baptist. John 1 29. Jesus was coming to us the uh john at the jordan and he said loud for everybody to hear behold the lamb of god we take away the, the sins of the world he was pointing at jesus In you know words, was recommending jesus ministry if jesus needed recommendation recommendation how much more you but you cannot recommend somebody who is not available so timothy was available enough present enough for the saints to know him and be able to report well of him the bible says which was well reported of by the brethren that were at lystra and iconium because they knew him and so you understand the first thing is for you to be available that is the first step in receiving ministry you've got to be available somebody say i am available and that's why you got to take church attendance seriously right take it very seriously you've got to see church attendance as part of your christian duty i'll say it again church attendance is part of your christian duty to god not to the pastor when you show up in church you don't make me feel better when you show up in church it doesn't make me more of a pastor than i already am when you show up in church you're doing your christian duty you're doing your Christian duty. When you show up in church, you're doing yourself a great favor. Not the church, yourself. i say it again. When you show up in church, you're doing yourself a great favor, not the church. You know, we live in a generation where people think coming to church is doing the church a favor. You're doing nobody no favor by coming to church. You're doing yourself great favor when you, go, when you show up in church. Because when you show up in church, you receive ministry, you're edified, you're being perfected, made fit to function in your calling which you will give account to the Lord for. So when you don't show up in church, guess who loses? You, not the pastor. Not the church. You say, but when I don't come, I don't give. So who tells you the church is going to stop if you don't give? Who who died and made you God? Are you hearing what I'm saying now? So when you come to church, tell a for me. Tell them, say, When you come to church, you you do yourself a great favor. Not the the pastor. Yourself. Are you hearing what i'm saying now you know if you've ever been to church where they made you feel like you're doing the church a favor they taught you wrongly and they need to ask god for forgiveness there because they've cheapened god and made you feel like you're god's boss you are not god is god he's our father our gathering is unto him and he blesses us are you hearing what i'm saying now Because you must have reverence for the gathering of the saints. Now if you think you go to church to do church a favor, then you can never honor that gathering. Because you will come with that mentality and you always go to church as though you are a special guest of honor. God is the only special guest of honor in service. Is somebody hearing me this morning? If that sounds straight to you, well, you are just hearing the gospel. You didn't hear it before. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So understand that it is your Christian duty because if you are not available in service, you cannot therefore be equipped for ministry. You cannot be equipped for ministry. The instructions of Paul about the manifestations of the spirit. He was written to the local church. He wasn't written to a person. First Corinthians, second Corinthians, all the pieces of Paul. You know, I showed you that, uh, a month ago. All the pieces of Paul, all the pieces that were written. Did you see that? The only epistles that were written to persons were written to persons who were leaders over churches. And it wasn't written to them for their personal life. It was written to them for their churches. the churches. They weren't written to Philemon. Philemon had a church in his house. Are you seeing this now? Because the church is the center of God's attention you become God's attention to the degree you put yourself in the church, where his attention is. Otherwise, you're on your own. The believer is saved to be planted in the house of the Lord. All your nourishment, God kept it there. That's why you're not going to grow when you isolate yourself from a local church. You're not going to grow. You're not going to be useful to God that way. Imagine Paul got saved after he met the Lord on the way to Damascus and you know, Ananias came into the house where he was and, you know, uh, preached the gospel to him. God saved lay hands on him for him to receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Imagine after that, Paul just goes somewhere and says, you know, I've had a very massive encounter. I don't need any association with any believers. I will just start my own thing. Never. If he had done that, even though God had a great calling for his life, it would be grounded at that point. There are many callings that have been grounded because of that. Men, you can obviously tell the hand of the Lord is on his life, but he's too proud, he's too arrogant and stupid. So he wants to be on his own. Christianity cannot be done in isolation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Particularly because of pride. If you're isolated and God is doing massive things through you, those massive things will kill you. Because you will become a lot to yourself. You will feel like, well. You know, I'm enough to be the whole body of Christ. Have you noticed that it is impossible for any part of your body to be the whole body? You've got to be in the body. And they say, you know what? I, the reason why I don't like church is, you know, people are too hypocritical. Well, there is one more room for another hypocrite, which is you. So join us. You know, there are two things being in a local church will do to your, your person. Number one, it's going to help you deal with pride. Because when you come to the local church, then you need to receive from other people. And to receive requires humility. Requires humility. You need to receive ministry from other people. So when you come to a local church, pride is dealt with because you will have to receive from others. Number two, greed is dealt with because you will have to serve others. So, in the local church, you have a privilege to serve. As you're serving, you are conquering greed, selfishness. (laughs) And then as you are in need of service, ministry from other people, you are overcoming what? Pride. You overcome pride. You know, some men, the only place where somebody gets the opportunity to talk to them is in church. He's the one talking to everybody. But alas, he comes to the local church. And there's a pastor like me here who will talk to you. And that God uses that to remove the chips from your shoulder. And tell you to sit down and listen to somebody. Did you see what I'm saying now? And everybody needs that. Tell anybody, say, including you. So you make yourself available in the local church. Did you see? Because that's where you begin to get nurtured and you grow. Number two. Way to receive ministry is by consecration. You receive ministry by consecration. You receive ministry by consecration. Matthew four, verse twenty-one to twenty-two, and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them, and they immediately notice this, left the ship and their father and followed him consecration means to set yourself apart from things in order to give yourself fully to god consecration means to separate yourself from things in order for you to give yourself fully to the lord did you see this and then you notice in luke 5 verse 27 to 28 and after these things he went forth and saw a publican named levi sitting at the receipt of custom and he said unto him follow me and he left all this is another man now a separate person from the sons of zebedee so levi here is matthew Did you see that and the bible says in verse 28 and he left all rose up and followed him can you see this in mark ten twenty-eight? then peter began to say unto him lo we have left all and have followed thee. Did you see this? Now, all these men, these, these four men now, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Matthew, that's the Levi, and Peter, as you've seen, all these men became mighty in the hands of God, but not without his consecration. And notice their consecration, they left things. Now, in Mark 10, you see, Mark 10 is a scripture that uh, many times, a lot of people lay claim on and I think sometimes we need to understand who it is meant for go to mark 10 with me and we're going to see from verse 28 that we just read now if you're following so far say glory to, god. glory to god so mark chapter 10 and notice verse 28 then peter began to say unto him lo we have left all and have followed thee and jesus answered and said verily i say unto you there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospels and the gospels you see this so you know sometimes people leave house wife husband for their career what jesus is saying here is not talking to those kind of people if you leave your house because of your job you'll get your salary you are not qualified for what jesus is about to say now all right you left house father family and everything in order to get a phd phd you will get and that's fine no 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 qualms about that but don't now come here and say i've left house father mother in order to go get my phd therefore notice now you know (laughs) my goodness you know say i shall receive verse study hundredfold now in this time Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. No, you're not. You're not going to get that. This is talking about those. Go back to verse 29. Verily I say unto you, there is no man that had left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake. For Jesus' sake and the what? Come on, talk like your voice is yours. And the what? Come on, speak louder. And the what? and the gospels you not know, other was for the sake of the gospel in other words people who leave all you see for the sake of the gospel jesus says this is what's going to happen he said but he shall and that's talking about people like me praise god hallelujah but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses of brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands notice it is their wives with persecutions that's <laughs> the only seed you can never get a harvest of multiplication on. <laughs> did, did you notice that? It, it, you know, but you know, he speaks of even when you leave your wife behind to, to pursue the gospel. It, it, and then when he says these are the things you're going to get, he mentions every other thing that you left behind except your wife. You can't have a wife abroad. You should be happy. <laughs> you can't. Do you see, and that's also suggesting the fact that wherever you go, go with your wife, man. Why is your even low? What's what's the problem? Yeah, go with your wife. Gotta go with your wife, man. Hallelujah. <laughs> Where you married you go with your wife, man. Hallelujah. Go everywhere with your wife. Hallelujah that's ministry that's called ministry i'm telling you now go everywhere with your wife don't make it a habit to travel without your wife all right if it ever happens let it be a one-off thing is what i'm saying now Uh uh-huh and let it be short trips but you don't go traveling for the sake of the gospel three months and you're away from your wife that's not right that's not proper say amen everybody That's why if you marry a man of God who is on full time, better get ready to travel and leave many things behind. Why are you all quiet? Those of you who marry full time pastor, you better get ready for that. I hear what I'm saying now. Now, this promise is not even for all believers, because not all believers leave all things, and not all believers are actually required to leave everything for the gospel's sake. Now, there are promises for you. Don't 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 be angry. Ambidextrous believer. There are promises for you too. But this one is not for ambidextrous saints. This is for those who have left all to follow the Lord. And you gotta always pay attention to what the Lord Jesus said and what he did not say. Did you see this? Those who leave all. So don't, don't ever, fact, don't dare you come to Mark 10. <laughs> I feel like saying it that way. Don't ever dare you come to Mark 10 if you are not in full time ministry. I'll be saying you are claiming. What are you claiming? Don't, don't, don't leave her. You are not in this WhatsApp group. <laughs> and truly, notice when, you, when people leave the, the, the family and everything for the sake of the gospel, you see God will bless you with new family. Those kind of favors we enjoy everywhere we go. People who treat us as though they are fathers. I remember when I was in Ife, there was a man, it was the chief imam of Ife. The man just loved me. I'm telling you, I never could get to persuade him to receive Jesus though but he loved me. He would call me Peters. <laughs> old man. Very, very old man like that. He just loved me like that. Whenever he saw me then, you know, I had some business to do with him then. I would just go around and then he would just we would talk, discuss the business. We would just be talking about Nigeria. And he would look at me and he always, there was this thing he always. He would say, you know, you know the young are grow. Did <laughs> you see know what I'm saying? Even those who were unbelievers received us as though they were, we were their children. Because, you see, we live family to pursue the, the, the cause of the gospel of Jesus. Did you see that? So, you understand, consecration is in degrees. And God determines the consecration level of every believer. I'll say it again, consecration is in degrees. And God is the one who determines your level of consecration. If he comes to you and tells you to leave all, then leave all. Because if God tells you to leave something, he has something better in mind. So don't shortchange yourself and argue with him. There are those God ordained to leave all, but they left some. And they cleaved cleaved to some things God had told them to leave. That would always limit you. So when he says leave all, then leave all. But again, I repeat, God is the one who determines our consecration level. So there are some of us, and for the most part, many Christians are not called to leave all. Most of the time, you see, believers are called to just basically preach the gospel while you still have your normal vocation. And it is possible to still be devoted to God even though you have your own vocation. That is what we call the ambidextrous believer. Are you seeing this now? But if a man is called or a woman is called to leave everything and they compromise and they decide to still hold on to some things, they will shortchange themselves and never fulfill destiny. So God determines consecration. In fact, God demands consecration. Do you notice what he said in Acts thirteen two Concerning Barnabas and Saul. He said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul. God is the one making the demand. And I was saying, these ones set them apart for me. I want them. And I want them fully. In other words. Sometimes in the family that's how it happens. In my family, I believe that's the exact thing God did to me. You see, I have other brothers who are all believers and you know doing things of God. But I believe a lot concerning me just says, you know what? I want this one fully. Did you see that? Finished university and went straight into full-time ministry. Straight away into full-time ministry. Not because anybody employed me and gave me money, no. But because I obeyed the call. But nobody that you're gonna get houses, you know. All these things, good things, but says with persecutions. Some of those persecutions is the fact that people are going to begin to speak against you because God is now blessing you. But they were not there when you didn't have anything. Here's <laughs> what I'm saying now. So what do you do about people like that? You develop a tough skin and deaf ears. And let, let them keep talking while God keeps increasing you. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying now? Whenever God calls you full time, you've got to be faithful and allow God prove your calling to people around you. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Sir. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Glory to God. So, but whatever level of consecration God demands of you, you must give it. Whatever level of consecration God demands of you, you must give that level of consecration unto the Lord. You notice in 2 Timothy 2.21, Paul said to Timothy, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. And that that process of purging himself from these, that is there are many things you need to purge yourself from. Purge yourself from impurities. Purge purge yourself from canalities. Purge yourself from false doctrine. Purge yourself from greed and avarice. Purge yourself from things that would limit you. You see, whatever God asks you to separate from is something that can limit you. And that's the major reason why God tells us to separate ourselves from things like that. There is a general consecration for all saints. Turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is general for everybody, whether you're full-time or fuller time 2 Corinthians chapter 6. In verse 17, chapter 6, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye what? Separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Did you see that? This is general to every, everybody. He said, separate yourself from the world. Now that you are saved, separate yourself from the world. There is Christian consecration, basic Christian consecration. And I believe we have a series on consecration from last year. You can get it and listen to it again and again. And it's going to instruct you a whole lot. So the second way to receive ministry is by consecration. Number three is by receiving training. When you're receiving training, you are receiving ministry. When you are receiving training, you are receiving ministry. In 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, he says that the man of God be perfect, thoroughly furnished and ready or furnished unto all good works. So notice there, he talks about that the word of God, the scripture is profitable or in other words, useful for doctrine. Doctrine is explanation. Doctrine is, inst- is actually to be instructed in the word. Did you see that now? Doctrine is training. Did you see? In righteousness, in the word. And then he talks about reproof. Reproof is simply evidence. Can you see that? It's a Greek word, elenchos. Same word you find in Hebrews 11. Did you see verse 1? He said, now faith is the evidence, the substance of things. over for the evidence, elenchos of things not seen. So when he says all scripture is profitable for reproof, he says scripture is profitable for evidence. Did you see? In other words, the evidence of God is his word. The evidence of God is his word. God God has no evidence outside of his word. Let me even say to you, God does nothing outside of his word. If God speaks to you now and you need an evidence, he will give you another word as evidence. Did you see, and then he says for correction. And then he says for instruction in righteousness. What is the purpose of all of this? That the man of God, and the man of God there means any man in Christ, basically. Did you see that? May be perfect, which is mature, ready, fit. Did you see? For every good work, thoroughly furnished. And that's talking about your fitness. The training that brings fitness. Can you see that? Now, when you are receiving that training, you are actually receiving ministry. To not receive training is to reject and forfeit ministry. And that's why it's possible for some people to like you and give you positions in ministry and yet God didn't choose you for ministry. There are people that are the favorites of men, but they are not the favorites of God. They are not even the choice of God. And it's not because God just looks and says, I reject this one. People reject themselves. They make themselves reject. And one of the ways people do that is by refusing training. It's like being a, a, you know, playing trancy. Did you see that? Absconding from training. Avoiding training. When you say a believer who doesn't take church attendance seriously, you are avoiding training. And therefore, you are making yourself a reject. You say a person who goes to church, but is hiding from the processes of the church. doesn't want to be in anything. He doesn't want to be involved. He just comes, sneaks in, and sneaks out like a thief in the night. What you're simply saying is, ah, I don't want to be part of any of those training stuff. No, no, no. And you're simply saying, Lord, I don't want to be used by you. Don't touch me. Leave me alone. I have my life to lead. I got plans. You gotta read James 4. You know what James said. What is your life? It's like a vapor. So those of you who say we'll go to such and such and such a city, tomorrow we shall trade there, make such and such money, make profit, do business and all that. And you don't even consider the will of God. Then it sounds a reminder. and says, what is your life? It is but like a vapor that appears and disappears just like that. The safest place to be, number one is in the will of God, number two is in the service of God. You are most invincible. Notice, I'm, I didn't say invisible. Invisible means you can't be seen. It is not as powerful as invincible. Invincible means you can't be touched. Even though they see you, they can't harm you. You are most invincible when you're serving God according to his will. You are most invincible when you're serving God according to his will. So you've got to wake up and serve God with your life. There are those who say funny stuff like, I I want to just enjoy my life as a young man, as a young woman. When I get old, I'm going to just, you know, I'll consider all this serving God and all that stuff. What even makes you think you'll get old? With these kind of wrong decisions you're making. You want to live long. And you don't want to serve God. Remember the Lord your creator. In the days of your youth. When your strength hasn't failed you yet. Don't be thinking that you will give God. The used part of your life. God deserves the best part of our lives. When we're young and strong. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The best part of your energy. You use it to serve Jesus. And you see, when you give God the first part, He preserves the rest. And so you can remain strong even in old age. In Psalm 92, verse 13 and 14, He says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. Did you see? He said, they shall be fat and flourishing. Even in old age, they will still keep bearing fruit. Glory (laughs) to God. The reason is because they started out early. And so they stay strong and live long. And they are still fruitful in old age. You don't jump in when you're old. What does God want to do with you in your old age when you wasted your youthfulness for nothing? Yeah, God is going to redeem you. But hey, you're going to have just a few minutes left. In your 60s, you wake up. I want to serve God. What happened to you when you were 32? Or 25? 20? So I just want to, I want to flange you. You're dancing to all the latest songs in town. Going to all the clubs. You even call yourself a party animal. Look at you, new creation. You call yourself animal. The party animal, you love to be in parties. You're the life of every party. You go from one party to party, you know, you're just party to party to party to party. Oh, I'm there. Oh, I'm be here. Oh, I'm be, but you're never in church. Wasting the usefulness of time and life. You got to repent, man. Because when you realize that even a 120 years is nothing compared to eternity, then you will know that the brevity of life Even when it is long, it's still nothing compared to eternity with God where you will answer to him. So you want to use all your life to serve God. I've never met anybody who started serving God early in life regret that they started early. Never. In fact, rather you hear people talk about, I wish I even started much earlier. Because you always find as you continue to serve the Lord that there is more to be done. There is more to be done. So there is no time to lose. You've got to wake up and serve the Lord. Get on with the program of God for your life. Receive training. God doesn't use people that he did not train. God doesn't use people that he did not train. So everybody must be trained. And training never stops. As you receive training on the level you qualify to work on a certain level. And as you are working on that certain level you are qualified for, he continues to train you again. For another level after that one. And it keeps going on and on and on and on. On and on and on and on. Did you see this? So we receive ministry by receiving training. In 2 Timothy 2, three, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And that's one thing you've got to always remind yourself of. Christianity is an army. Many don't even think like that. Like I told you, when you see people who are trained wrongly with the mentality that church is a place where they go to do the church a favor, how do they even want to have this military mentality? You don't join the army to do nobody no favor. you got to understand, it's a service with your life. In fact, when you join the army, you sign your life away. I why you can't be a soldier, they will call you for duty You to say, you know, this morning I feel like using jacuzzi. Jacuzzi, what? Sometimes you see some of those videos online, you know, how, you know, those videos of how a soldier that has gone to war for years and he just comes to surprise his wife or his child, you know, and all that. And you see that, that, the the beauty, the sweetness of that, uh, of that, uh, what do you call it now? Uh, that reunion. Thank you. That's a word of that reunion. And you see the surprise was like, Wow. And then they, you know, see through crying and all that stuff because, Hey, he signed his life away. He loved to be at home, but because of something he has given, a commitment he has given to his nation it has got to go. it has got to go. And when they are training him, he better receive the training. Because he's not doing his platoon commandant a favor by receiving that training. He's doing himself a training to stay alive. Otherwise, he will just die. So when they are telling you, this how to dodge bullets. If you like, be playing game. When they are teaching on how this how to carry your rifle and shoot the rifle. If you like, be sleeping. Guess what? That's exactly what happens in church when we are teaching and you are sleeping, you are missing the information that will protect your life. Because you are at the battleground. Otherwise, like this, whoa, pew, 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 pew. and you cannot blame me. God is seeing me. I'm teaching you. My hands are clean. That's the way it is. You've got to receive training. We are living in hostile territory. This world is hostile territory for the believer. It's not our home. Philippians 3.20, our conversation, that is citizenship. is from heaven, not from here. From whence we expect a savior. So we understand that this is hostile territory for us. And therefore, you must be military-minded, not just (laughs) (laughs) Canada-minded. Sorry, all the singles will understand that. We had a great time yesterday, singles fellowship. And somebody asked a question and said, You know, she's a. Yeah, so What do you do when you have a passion to go into the villages and preach the gospel, but there's this brother toasting you and he's a Canada minded brother?
1: Aye.
0: I like that Canada mind. <laughs> he said, So how do they do it? She wants to go to the village, he's Canada minded, and God's wisdom flowed through mom so powerfully. And mom said, Let's say, a bit more moment more that powerful, <laughs> my mom said there are villages in Canada <laughs>
1: oh boy <laughs> I'm
0: sure that you, you can never forget that answer in your life <laughs> but don't use it to modify God's calling for your life if oh. God has already told you the specific village don't have to be looking for village in Canada or America or oh scotland go to the Go told you eh? mm-hmm. don't talk to edinburgh oh my god i think they even pronounce it different it's edinburgh so it's it's wrong to say edinburgh it's not edinburgh bro. it's edinburgh well you see that one is even sounding more like <laughs> you see what i'm saying so we are in an army and we must always be conscious of how military people live you know those of you who have served with N- nysc and you went for the three weeks orientation you saw the way they woke you up early in the morning and some of you, you know it was so hard for you to acclimatize some of you never even adapted for the whole three weeks till you finish you didn't adapt to nothing because you're like what i'll never forget i said i was posted to jaws and i went for a few weeks orientation and i got to that camp that night it was at night very late at night there was no insurgency like this at that time and, and i arrived there late at night when i got there you know there was a long queue on the long queue and you know i heard somebody was complaining about the mattress they gave them and the woman the coordinator or whatever she shouted, "I said, do you think this is a hotel? My friend, go and lie down on it like that." I said, hey. <laughs> it was not even yet by I said, "Ah, where have I come to? <laughs> hotel Rwanda." <laughs> 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 and then you're sleeping in the morning. You know when you're still trying to enter gear around five a.m. or so that he not hear this. One, I said, "Monkey, get up! All of you, get up!" <laughs> That is nothing compared to real military training. That one is just paramilitary. Soldiers live a very hardcore life. Always ready. There is no time to get ready. You live ready. You live ready. When you are in the army, you don't live unto your pleasures anymore. You don't. Because there is no such luxury. And these are things you must begin to wake up to as a believer. In 2 Corinthians 5, I'll show you this in 2 Corinthians 5. You see how Paul uh mentions this in 2 Corinthians 5. Go there quickly. Hallelujah. Come on, is this blessing your word? And we're gonna read because I want us to see from I'll pick two verses and then we'll skip on to verse uh 12. And notice Paul first says here about the judgment seat. And uh, he says in verse eight, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. Did you see this? In his body means when you're physically alive. That is right now. So what have you been doing in your body? Did you see this now? And then he says, according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So notice, then he says, let's keep on to, uh, verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us because with us judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So it means now that you receive the life of God, you can't live unto yourself anymore. You've got to live unto Jesus. In other words, I don't live to do what I please. I live to do what pleases him. I go where he wants me to go. As I told you, one of the language of consecration for a believer is, I don't have any preference for places where I will live. I will only go where God wants me to go. When you say Christian, we see saying like, ah, you know, Me? Ah, well, it's America. I can't live anywhere apart from America. You are not yet consecrated. You're not yet consecrated. You've got to be set up to live anywhere God wants you to live. And that might change a couple of times in your lifetime. Depending on what God has for you to do in his kingdom. For some people, that might just be one place for their whole life. Did you see this now? But what matters is don't ever have this mindset of this is where I want to live. I'm not going to live anywhere outside of this city. I just want to stay in Germany. I love Germany. German, German things. No. You can't be a real Christian and talk like that. At least not a mature Christian. As you grow, you begin to realize that this life is to be lived unto him and not unto ourselves. And you will find out when your mind is renewed that whatever God has for you is good, is perfect, and acceptable. That's the thing. You've got to come to that point where you realize that God has a better plan for your life than you can ever plan for yourself. Romans twelve two, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said that you may prove the will of God, which is good, perfect, and acceptable. He said that you may prove, not that you may make it so. In other words, it is already so. Your mind needs to be renewed to see it that it is actually good. So if you are not seeing God's will to be good, it's because your mind is not renewed. It's not because the will of God is not good for you. If you don't see the will of God to be perfect, it's not because it is not perfect. It's your mind that needs to be renewed. Because the reality is that God's plan for your life is good. God's plan for your life is perfect. Wherever God wants you to live is good for you. It's perfect for you. Are you seeing this now? Wherever. Hallelujah. Do you see what I'm talking about now? Because the safest place is in the will of God. The most prosperous place is the will of God. Nowhere else. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Nowhere else. You know, we have a a daughter in this house who is in the north right now. In the place where you would describe her as very dangerous. But that's where the Lord wants her to be. And she's safe there. She's safer there than here in Lagos. So don't be looking at life based on the physical standpoint. Think of it as you as a soldier in an army and the the captain of our salvation. He knows where you are safest. And he will post you there and you've got to go there. And if you go there, not only will you be protected, you will be sufficiently supplied and provided for. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Give me three hallelujahs. Come on. now! All righty. Number four, by obedience to the great commission. This is how you receive ministry. So we've seen three ways to receive ministry. Number one is what? By being available. Number two, by consecration. Number three, by training. So number four, by obedience to the great commission. Acts 9 verse 19 to 20. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was all seven days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. So notice how he started his Christian journey. As soon as he got saved, he began to preach. I'll say this to you. The moment you receive Christ, that great commission comes upon you immediately to preach Christ to others. And when you obey the great commission, which is to preach the gospel, you see, you are actually receiving ministry when you are doing that. In Mark sixteen twenty, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So these are the disciples. As soon as the Lord Jesus was taken away from them, after they had received the Holy Ghost, they went immediately preaching the word of God. And as they obeyed that great commission, they were settling into ministry, receiving ministry. It requires that you obey the great commission. You see, obedience to the Great Commission is a sustained obedience. You don't ever stop it till you see Jesus. I say it again, obedience to the Great Commission is sustained obedience. You don't ever stop it until the day you see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. So those are four ways primarily to receive ministry. By being available, number two, by consecration, number three, by receiving training. And then number four, by obedience to the great commission. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Now, write this down. Ministry must be accepted. Ministry must be accepted. In Acts one seventeen, speaking about Judas, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now, the word obtained in the Greek actually means to receive by lot. That is, he received what was allotted to him. Are you seeing this? So when he said concerning Judas, he said he was numbered with us and obtained part of this ministry. So notice he calls it part of this ministry. So there is a part of the ministry God gives to you that you must receive by lot. He allots it to you. You better take it. I am conscious of the part of the ministry God has given to me. And I've received it. And don't forget, how do you receive it? Being available, consecration, training, obeying the great commission sustainably. Did you see this now? All those four things must be on repeat. As you are faithful at one level, God allots another portion to you. Did you see that now? I was talking to my Father and Lord last night, you know, Mom and I, and He was telling me something around this line. There's something new coming for you, Simon. I hear what I'm saying now. Yeah, that calls for what? More consecration, more availability. Are you seeing that? More training. Did you see that? And more what? Obedience to the Great Commission. And you must always be conscious of that at all times. Say amen, somebody. So you must accept ministry. So even Judas, unfortunately, who failed, it is recorded of him that he obtained a part of the ministry. And that was when Jesus allotted it to him. He didn't reject it. He received it. Unfortunately, he lost it. And this is to let you know you can lose your calling. You can forfeit your calling. I read it again, Acts 1.17, for he was numbered with us and had obtained, which is received by Lot, part of this ministry. Hebrews 8.6, speaking of the Lord Jesus, but now as he obtained a more excellent ministry, speaking of Jesus himself, he had to obtain it. By how much also is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So notice, the part given to Jesus is not the part given to you and I. Everybody has a part in the ministry of the Lord Jesus, in the plan of God. The Passion Translation of Hebrews 8, 6 says, but now Jesus the Messiah has accepted a priestly ministry which far surpasses theirs. Talking about the angels. Since he is the catalyst of a better covenant which contains far more wonderful promises. But notice he said, he has accepted a priestly ministry. So a a ministry was given to him and he accepted it. When you read the writings of Paul, you see Paul saying, a dispensation is given to me. That word dispensation actually is not talking about a a period of time. No. The word dispensation is, is the administration of an estate. It's like when a man writes a will and then he commits to an attorney and says, you know what? I wanted to supervise and superintend how my estate will be shared. So it is that lawyer's responsibility to dispense. That's why it's called dispensation. And you see Paul saying, a dispensation is given to me. And that's exactly what it is. Between God and you, you must find what is the part allotted to you in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why he says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pa- uh, uh, pastors and teachers. And there are those, according to 1 Corinthians 12, who are in the ministry called the ministry of helps, Ministry of helps. People who, for example, there are people who just have this grace upon their lives. They just have this grace to connect with people. That kind of person serving in the church, doing follow-up, will bring more people to be established in the local church. And if that is your assignment and that is your grace, you are in no way lesser. you got to stay there. There are those who have a teaching anointing doesn't mean you got to go and start a teaching ministry. You might just be called by God to teach Sunday school in the church. And be the most fantastic, the finest teacher. That brings establishment to saints as they are coming to the local church. You see, don't equate ministry with grandeur. When you think ministry, think faithfulness. Not fame. The big mistake many people have made and keep making. Sometimes the fault of the way uh, some people, ministers have made ministry look like ministries about glamour. So many people, when they think about ministry, they're thinking glamour, grandeur, you know, fame, popularity. That's not what a ministry is about. When you think ministry, think faithfulness. Are we doing what God called us to do? Are we doing it the way he called us to do it? Are we doing it when he asked us to do it? Are we doing it toward the people he sent us to? Are you hearing what I'm saying now? I mean, for more than eight to nine years, I was content ministry to students only. I wasn't moved by nothing. I was content preaching to students. Many of them are here now. They're no longer students now. I was content with it. And we had no plans to leave Ephraim until the Lord said it. The Lord knew I would be very, very reluctant to do it. He had to send one of his servants from America to Ephraim called me out of a meeting and said, it's time for you to leave this town. God has been telling you, I've come to confirm it to you. Because I'm content with the plan of God. Because you can be in Lagos and be poor. We are in Ife. We have started traveling the world from Ife. So it's not about what you will get. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Yeah. The first time I traveled out to preach abroad, I flew business class and I was living in Ife. You don't always have to have the money for something to be able to enjoy it. When I say I flew, it's not because I, I was already a millionaire. There was a bonanza. <laughs> and it coincided with my trip <laughs> And I'm just saying that to let you know, we don't follow God on the basis of material gain. Because if you stay in the will of God, every material thing you need will come to you. As I told you, the, the most prosperous place and location is in the will of God. The most, the safest place is in the will of God. It's always in the will of God. So it's not about location. You now I told one of my friends and, and I said to him how the Lord has been laying in our hearts to go start a church in Alimosha and that I would literally go there and be the resident pastor there as it were. You know, he looked and he said, said, I know it's God meeting me. He said, because I grew up in that area. He said, it's not possible for somebody like you, with the kind of taste I know you have normally, <coughs> you won't choose that place. If you say lucky I say, let's pray. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I'm sorry if you come from a show. I'm not bashing your area. You know. But you know that. <laughs> but let the brother of low degree rejoice. In that he's been exalted by God, <laughs> this is what I'm saying, yeah, and 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 really, yeah. When the Lord said, "Alimoshur is where we should go," hey, we are in love with it already, ready to go. Glory to God. Yeah. When I walked into service this morning, a, an agent still sent me a video of a, a location because we're hammering on it, you know, back to back. Want to get a place there? We're going to get the place. We're going to do it up. Yeah. Money is flowing in already. Yes. Yeah. Already. We have some millions already. Saved for Alimor Church. It was, it's your turn to give your one naira seed as well. Some have been giving it. Yeah. God is going to give you that seed to sow. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Say that. why are you going to do something massive in Alimor Church? Because God said so. We're going to have a big mega faith factory there. We're gonna reach out to people in that area. They will hear the gospel. They will, they will find a real local church, a strong local church. They will be planted. Families will be birthed. They will be healed. Broken homes will be mended and brought together. Those who are saved and been roving around not finding a good local church, they will find this church. Ministers will be raised from there. Glory to God. Because you know, is the biggest local government in Nigeria. You've had to break it down. Alimoshu has over 11 million people. It's the biggest in this country, so they broken it down into some few other LCDS. Yeah, massive place. Now we didn't go there because we of the numbers there. It was after the Lord told us about the place. But when God gives you instruction, you then begin to research. Whilst researching, we found out this place is the biggest local government in the whole country. Say, my God! Wow! And that's because there's a big harvest God wants us to bring in there. And we're going to do it. We're going to succeed at it. And I hope you remember, it's a thousand faith factories. (laughs) Do you believe? Has this blessed you so far? And uh, so we said ministry has to be accepted. And then ministry is executed by inheritance. Ministry is executed by inheritance. Second Timothy 1, 6, wherefore I put in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is indeed by the putting out of my hands. The person talking to him is his father and the Lord. Notice in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, thou therefore my son, notice again, he's using the word my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also can you see this so you see saying my son because ministry is executed by inheritance he has laid hands on him and he said by the laying on of my hands there are things inside you that are going to be stirred up and you're going to use that to fulfill your calling it's by inheritance i believe something if god is going to open a new level to you your father must be present there to open it and that's why you cannot do ministry successfully under god without being planted under your father and thank god this is heritage month you see what i'm saying now we are not rootless people we didn't fall from the sky we have roots strong ones somebody hear what i'm saying philippians 2 2 but you know that you know the proof of him that as his son with the father he has served with me in the gospel and this is paul again speaking about timothy you see him again in first corinthians 4 talking about timothy Did you see that talking about Titus? You see this way it sounds in the ministry. And this is the pattern of God for the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. God will yoke you with the Father. You see, a Father is like an apostolic joint for you. You know, when somebody says, I'm a member of the body of Christ. How? There must be a joint. A Father is a joint. When you are joined to a local church, you see that now. That is how you become a member of the body. You can't just say because you are saved, you are a member of the body. It's possible to be saved that you have not really been fixed into the body of Christ because there is no joints that brought you in. You are just isolated. Imagine, God forbid, that your head leaves your body. And they say, I'm a head bro. I'm a human head. In the first place, it won't be able to even say it. It must be connected to the body. Did you notice in 1 Corinthians 12, 27 when Paul said, ye are the body of Christ. Did you know this was talking to a church? You know this in Ephesians 5.30 when he says, we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. He was talking to a church. He wasn't talking to an individual. talking to a local church. Ye are the members of the body of Christ. Or ye are the body of Christ rather. And members in particular. So, Paul didn't just talk into space. Like a town cry in the streets. Any believer there, you are the body of Christ. No. He's talking to a church. He's talking to a church. Ye are the body of Christ. And members, look at that, the emphasis. And members in particular. When you are looking for members of the body of Christ, it is the people in a local church. Not some lone fellow somewhere claiming to be a Christian and doesn't belong to any local church. And they say, and you see them writing on social media as the body of Christ. Will you shut up your mouth there? As which body of Christ? Which body? Only use the body. You are not connected to any other believer, and you are calling yourself member of the body. How? Or you connect yourself with a group of rebels. And you say you are a member of the body. You are not a member of the body. You are the excreta. Excreta of the body. The smelling part. That is flushed away. I'm telling you. Just stand somewhere and say we are the body. of Okay, who? Read the word of God. He's talking to a church. People gather together. Under authority. That's the body. Your body is gathered under the authority of your head. God forbid if they dismember your head from your body. And it becomes really waste. It will decompose and will be used to plant. Hmm. Where they are decomposing in rebellion, God uses it to plant something real. And that thing, that real thing will mash over their head. Keep it in your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Because sometimes people just leave scripture and just be talking. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Which body? Is it unibody? You know Mark? Unibody. Or busybody? (laughs) You better be in a local church before you start deceiving yourself that you are the body. It is in the local church. So anywhere a believer is saved, the greatest evangelist of all time in their generations Charles Finney, right-hand bonking. Their passion was to work with local churches in, their, in the areas where they went for crusades. Why did they do that? Because once the person is saved, they know the next thing is getting planted somewhere where he can be nourished. It's like giving birth to a child in the hospital and you say he should go on his own and find his way. That's the end of that life. He must be put in a what? A family. Even if the mother runs away and the father runs away because he's triplet that he was not expecting. You also says you have to find a motherless baby's home, an orphanage, to put that baby. Somebody must be responsible for you. Otherwise, no growth. And eventually you die. Because that's the way crusades are done. When you say evangelist, Bishop Daguerre Mills is one of the very few living evangelists this world has to, today that is really doing crusades. Running after souls everywhere. Spending millions of dollars. Going into villages. He has been to my hometown before. My that comes from. Going into interior parts where nobody would like to go. Spending millions, sometimes having to travel by road for days. The man himself, not, not just his team. Risking their lives. And everywhere they go, they always have to walk with the churches there. Because after you've done the crusades all week and people have received Christ as Lord and Savior, you can't just leave them alone. Or have you wasted your effort? Your effort. So you have to get churches to do what? To harvest those people into the local church so that those people can be planted and become everything God wants for them. If you don't do that, you wasted your effort. Those who cannot stand on their own and say they are the body of Christ, they are not. They are not. They are not. The Lord knows His body. You, as you have seen, don't you know your own body? He knows His body. His body is His church, the local church. Be found there, stay there, grow there, and be useful there. Somebody say, I am the body of Christ. Say, we are the body of Christ. Say, the local church is the body of Christ. Say, and I am a member of this body in particular. Say, thank you, Jesus, for putting me in your body as your son. Thank you for giving me a part in your ministry. Say, I receive my part. Come on, say it again. Say, thank you, Lord, for giving me a part in your ministry. Say, I receive my part. And I thank you for it. Lift your hands and thank Him this morning, everybody. This message was brought to you from the Heritage of Faith Church. Our vision is Raising Stronger Believers for more impactful resources visit our website at www.hofng.org.
1: God bless you.